new month new episode welcome to episode two i'm so excited to share today's story hi everyone welcome to her bold story I'm Inga Davids, your host, and Her Bold Story is a show that amplifies women's stories about leadership, career, and everything in between. Our phenomenal woman today is Candice Hankey. She is the founder of Candice Hankey Consulting, a leadership coach, social entrepreneur, human development specialist, and speaker. She believes the best ideas are sprouted in the shower, and singing slow love songs before any talk may not help the ears around her but it helps her to breathe. Today with Candice, we'll be talking about all things imposter syndrome. Welcome Candice to Her Bold Story. We're so happy to have you joining us today. Well, it is a pleasure, Inga, to join uh, you today. And to, yes, I'm not going to be singing today, (laughs) as you've mentioned, (laughs) but I have been doing some breathing exercise on the run-up to this evening. So I'm really looking forward to the conversation that we're going to be holding, especially around imposter syndrome. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'm sure for many of the listeners, I mean, just as a segue, I think some of us at some point in our careers, we may have questioned our abilities, our talents, the seat at the proverbial table, our ambitions, Mm. and that feeling of fake it till you make it, the imposter Mm. among us has probably bubbled up at some point in time. And we know it as imposter syndrome, and sometimes it's the thief of some of our best work and also a good night's rest. So, Candice, how have you maybe experienced imposter syndrome in your career? How has it shown up? Mm. Well, I love the way that you introduced it, you know, because you're talking about the fact that it is a thief, and truly it is a thief. It can rob us of so much or from so much, especially when it comes to life and career and everything in between. You know, imposter syndrome, um, and you asked me the question, you know, when did it start? Mm. (laughs) And I think that someone who I talk about travels with imposter syndrome beside them (laughs) throughout their journey, uh, because I like to to separate it out from who I am. It's not who I am, but it's who could be my traveling partner or my traveling buddy from time Mm. to time. And I can decide to listen to it or shut it off as well. So that is something that I have found is that imposter syndrome on its own can be managed. Mm. Uh, and sometimes when we think about it, you know, does it come and does it go? Yes, it does mm. come and go. But the first thing is about becoming aware about, you know, the fact that it is with you and it's traveling alongside you. And the unfortunate thing about imposter syndrome is that you don't just switch it on and off, but you have to manage it. Mm. <laughs> otherwise it will manage you yeah. <laughs> and so um, and also I think that by means of definition you know imposter syndrome if, if I just look at some of the different definitions and trying to understand what this uh, this little furry monster <laughs> is all about it's defined as a perceived intellectual or professional fraudulence <laughs> So I'll say it again, a perceived intellectual or professional fraudulence. Now, if you think about that, Inga, Mm -hmm. this fraudulence is actually really believing that somebody is going to find out that you are not that great. (laughs) You may have studied, you may have gotten your master's, you may have gotten every single accolade in the book, but when the chips are down and you're 
are needing to deliver on something, you truly believe that you are not good enough to deliver it. And as you mentioned, this is a thief because it can rob us from a truly successful future. Mm. And that is, I think, the reason or the gravity of why we should actually have this conversation. Because the other interesting thing that we found through research is that, believe this or not, 70% of the world, whether they know it or not, have at some point experienced imposter syndrome. Mm. But it's a little bit like, um, you know, when, when, when you have a funny smell in a room, people <laughs> all look at each other, but nobody, but nobody says it was me. Yes. <laughs> and that is what imposter syndrome is like, Okay. So nobody yeah. wants to speak about it and put their hand up because we don't, we are afraid to say that I am walking with this thing. So I'm very glad that we are, are facing this today because this is something that, that I've lived with. Mm. And I now, um, they say that if you're wanting to improve it, then own it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so that's what we're doing today. You, you've said so many good points in just that opening around that actually imposter syndrome is something that that we walk along the journey with. It is something that many people actually experience that we are somehow all shameful to express for some mm -hmm. absurd reason to share. And then also just around that we can switch it on and we can switch it off, but there's an awareness that comes with knowing what is actually happening inside. Mm. And for you, I mean, what has been your some of your practical ways on how you've either become aware of imposter syndrome in certain situations that you've actually had mm. to hold on maybe to a truth of some sort to challenge your own perception of why you think you may be feeling imposter-like in a moment? Mm. Mm. Yeah, thank you for that question. I think when did I become aware of it and what are some of the things that happen? Mm. A good friend of mine says, um, his name is Clifford Sheldon, he says, awareness creates choice and choice creates meaning. And you can say the other thing as well. Awareness creates meaning and mm. meaning creates choice. And so you can then, once you are aware of some of the things that are happening to you, and it happens on a mental level, emotional level as well, and all of that is translated into a biological, like your body level as well, mm. or your physical level. So imposter syndrome can actually hit you at every single level, but it all starts in your mind it mm. starts in your mind it starts in your soul because your soul is made up of your mind and your emotions so what it does is it actually tries to attack you at that level and that is actually where your ego is housed mm. Mm. <laughs> and your ego is around your self-esteem and so I started noticing these things when I was really young I mean I picked it up as a child but I only really found it to intensify in my teens. Mm. So people who have lived with us for a long time, they would be able to relate to what I'm saying. So for example, you'd walk into a room and there's the boy that you like, for example, and everything in you tells you, you are not good enough to actually walk up and say anything to this guy. I feel and you. then, does it sound familiar? <laughs> and so it starts over there, okay? But then I started noticing something was truly wrong 
when I would say something and it would sound it would sound almost silly or dilly or one of those you know those funny uh, you know explanation it's not like you basically <laughs> oh exactly so you'll come in and you'll say something and you feel you literally feel like you have escaped your body you're sitting in the corner of the room on the ceiling and you're watching yourself with a red card in your hand <laughs> so that is what i started feeling like to the point where i actually had to leave the room and then i started noticing something was really wrong when i would go into the toilet or the bathroom whatever and i would have to remove myself physically because i couldn't stand myself in that moment mm. and then what i would do would i would take my nails and squeeze it into my into my palms mm. to hurt myself because i it was not worthy Yeah. And when that happened and I think about girls right now girls who um and thankfully I didn't you know experience like self harm that's mm. you know some some girls experience today but I would in that moment when I noticed myself taking my nails and putting it deep into my palms I realized I was punishing myself not because I did something wrong but because I thought I was something wrong mm. so there's a difference and that is where guilt versus shame comes in Mm. and Brené Brown speaks about this difference between guilt and shame guilt is i did something wrong shame is i am something wrong mm. and so imposter syndrome is very strongly linked into the shame bit so true and so when you go through that it is a shameful thing so you don't share it mm. and if you don't deal with it in your younger years and when you are, are in your teens it is unfortunately something that will follow you into your studies into your career and even when you are a top exec mm. you will probably feel it but in a different way mm. or if you are mom for the first time you know and yeah. you think oh my word i'm not going to be able to cut it mm. um so the the important thing is and i've and i experienced it at each of those different levels and then i realized that this is a thief And so when you call it out for what it is you are then able to manage it so much better. Mm. And then just another point that was so interesting was that people who are awesome <laughs> they experience this too. If I think about some of the celebrities that experience and they admitted to the fact that they they actually walk with imposter syndrome. Mm. You know Maya Angelou? Yeah. She Good is point. such a well-known um she's a, a poet she is an author she is mm. a woman filled with wisdom mm. and she actually said something and i'd like to quote her she says i have written 11 books but each time i think oh no they're going to find out now i've run a game on everybody and they're going to find me out now Mm. And that was a quote that was from Maya Angelou. Can you believe it? Yeah, I know, right? Like when these big these big phenomenal aspirational women. That's the thing we always yes. only get to see the end. So with any amazing woman that exactly. whoever those role models are, we see you as sparkly shiny and you clearly didn't go through the same stuff I'm going through. I mean, come on, you Maya Angelou, right? But actually exactly. when women like you and Maya actually share these things it just validates mm. other women's experiences to be like oh i've i've also 
done that or I've been in a scenario when I've had an out-of-body experience and I actually don't know why. I don't know why I'm experiencing this. I don't know why I change or, or show myself up differently in a way that is not authentic to me. And I guess that's also a bit of imposter syndrome, right? Like a, a means to, I need to put on a mask of some sort that fake it till you make it. But then there's that yes. tension or discomfort because you're like, I don't feel I'm being true to myself and there's a better way mm. to show my true self so that I don't feel like an imposter. Mm. I love what you're saying there, Inga, because you're talking about this thing about authenticity. Mm. So people with imposter syndrome, and I don't, I'm, not, I'm not going to assume that everybody says that this is a value that is important to them. Yes. But the person who, who works with, I can speak for myself, for myself, mm. is this person, a big value is integrity mm. and authenticity. And so they feel that if there is a job that's coming their way, because they feel that they don't have 100% of the competencies that's lined up mm. in that job profile, am I going to be a faker <laughs> if exactly. I'm going to even apply for this? Because I have a value of authenticity and I've got a value of integrity. Mm. So yes, so somebody that walks with imposter syndrome, really... Um, they're good people. Mm. <laughs> they're good. They're good people, but they find themselves almost wanting to prove something, and so you find yourself, like you said nicely, there. You find yourself in a tension mm. of: Am I doing this to prove something? Do I even start? Yes. And so that is where it comes in, where it robs me of mm. my, you know, my future. But then, when you become aware of it, you realize that you are robbing yourself. Yes. because we can't pin it on this thing called imposter syndrome. Because if we pin our ownership on that, then it means that we are deferring ownership, mm. accountability. And so it becomes part of our, listen to this word, excusiology. Oh. <laughs> you know, so there's a word that's not in the dictionary, but we, <laughs> we're going to coin it. <laughs> excusiology. <Let's do> it. <laughs> Okay, so mm. so that's just a very interesting thing because you, as you say, you are sitting between these tensions mm. of values versus your behavior in the moment. Correct, correct. And I think for for many for many listeners, it's probably also a bit of how do I when I'm in the place of awareness and I understand my heartbeat is racing. I'm probably putting on a sweat because I know. I'm putting myself out there, I guess, but I know there's this creeping feeling of I'm being an imposter. So mm. do you have any, like how, when I'm in that space and I'm aware that the imposter is encroaching on my moment, what are some of the ways that you can step out of that space to be authentic, mm. to show up as you want to be bold, courageous, and owning your space, how can we do that? How can listeners actually be stepping away from that feeling of I'm an imposter mm. towards I'm actually owning my space and here I am? Mm. Yes, that's a very good question. And it's something that I've had to kind of think about for myself. Mm. Um, I've got this, I don't know if this happens with you, Inga, and mm. you, listener, but when you are alone or during the day, 
you have voices in your head. Okay, let's be real. We all have those voices. <laughs> I call that my jabber monkey. <laughs> so my jabber monkey, I know that is like my signal. Mm. And my jabber monkey goes off on a tangent about things. Mm. Um, and then I also have this other thing called my panic monster. <laughs> And my panic monster and my jabber monkey. My jabber monkey tells me all the things that I need to know so that I don't do the thing. Yeah. And it takes me on a tangent away from the thing that needs to be accomplished. Okay. Mm. Then I've got my panic monster, but my panic monster only shows up with deadlines. So then I realize that that is also an important thing. And these two are actually linked to my procrastination. And the procrastination is linked to... Um, this thing with imposter syndrome. Mm. So I procrastinate and I hang back on something that I can do with my eyes closed. I know I can, but I procrastinate because I believe it's going to fail. Yeah. And so why even start? So if you think about it, identify what is happening in your thoughts at that moment. And remember, when I create awareness that this is actually not me, it's thoughts that I can actually take captive. Mm. If I realize that I still have control over this thinking and over my thoughts, then it still puts me behind the wheel, mm. <laughs> the driver's yes. wheel. It gives, it, it gives me my control back, if, mm. if you want to call it that. So it's important not to say, listen, the jabber monkey is not there. Don't say that. It is there. But you yes. still have control over the wheel. Okay. okay. And that is also linked to a very important thing. If there's nothing else people will remember, remember this. It's called non-judgment. So do not judge. Embrace. Embrace yourself. Embrace the fact that you are on this learning journey. You are a lifelong learner. So if I embrace that then it doesn't matter what my jabber monkey is saying to me. Mm. Mm. <laughs> if I embrace that, then I will also understand that this thing around deadlines and things that's waiting for me and my performance that I need to actually, those things, they are all, all part of my journey and they are not the beginning and end all. So otherwise you put too much power to those things and it leaves you powerless Love in that. the moment. Okay, so I think that that is very important. If I think about it, it reminds me of, um, I don't know if you know Ben Zander. Mm -mm. Ben Zander, he came down here a few years ago. Um, I'm also part of something called Partners for Possibility in Education, where you take business and education and, and school principles and you get them to work together mm, um, in order work. to have an impact, yeah, an impact on society. And he said something amazing that really stuck with me. He was just saying, you know, give somebody an A, and when you give them an A, they will work towards the A. So if I can give somebody else an A and let them work towards it, why can't I do that for myself? Drop my <laughs> like seriously. <laughs> so give it's so... an A. <laughs> Thank you, Candice. That is it's amazing how we can always be so empathetic everyone else to our sisters to our friends to our husbands to our wives to our sister-in-laws but we mm. can never be empathetic to ourselves 
And what mm. you just said speaks volumes around that. And you know, I think you can only really say it with conviction if you've actually just gotten over yourself and just done it. <laughs> yes. So it is so important to give yes. yourself an A. The other thing I was going to say is give yourself, afford yourself value. Because the other thing that happens with imposter syndrome is you feel like you need to prove yourself. And so you say no to things like your own things. Like you say <laughs> yes to everybody else's things. Because you truly believe that their stuff is more important than your stuff and your life and your family. So one of the things that I'm still learning today, I am not a saint. Mm. I'm still learning to say no to the things that is not as important to me and my life and the life of my family. Not because I'm saying this is important, that's not. It's got everything to do with worth, mm. self-worth. Yeah. And that is, that's the big lesson. Yeah, I love that. Because I guess in that moment of imposter syndrome, right? So if you're sitting at your table with whomever in a corporate setting, whichever setting you find yourself as a young leader, as a woman of influence, whatever that setting is, I guess that moment of imposter comes up because for some reason I may not at that point, specific point in time, value what I have to say or what I have to bring to the table. And I'm scared everybody will see straight through me to be like, but you aren't even speaking with conviction around the issue that you're tabling. Yes, exactly. Because you are, you are putting weight mm. to the opinions of others more than the opinion of yourself or the ones that you hold dear. Yes. Isn't that something quite hectic <laughs> to just to actually fathom? That is. But where do you think that comes from, though? Because, I mean, if so many of us are, like you said, 70% mm. of people walk around with this awful monkey on their back that comes up whenever it wants to. But why do you think we attach so much value to what others think more than what we think of ourselves? Mm-hmm. It is, yeah, it's this whole thing around comparison, which mm. means that where I am right now is actually not enough. There's something that's missing. Mm. So I need to become like that. Yes. And so for the rest of the time, we suffer with this thing that is linked to our ego. It's not linked to our ego. It is actually birthday um, mm. because we are constantly in the state of comparison. Yes. So if you were to ask me, what is the opposite of peace? I wouldn't say it's war. I would say it's comparison. You know, because if, if I'm constantly comparing myself, then it means I'm not ever resting. I'm not at the place of peace ever. Mm. So I, I really thought about this a lot why where did it all start mm. and what is what is actually driving it i would say that it all comes down to two things for me and it is can you guess <laughs> fear um, mm. and pride of course it sounds so it sounds so, so profound when you say it so simply <laughs> you come like but of course <laughs> it would be fear and pride right like if you gave it more thought because yes, they're in contention exactly. with each other that's exactly. Yes. And, uh, and fear is the opposite of love. 
Like, I, I don't do things because I love it. I do it because I feared it. And so I'm running away from something. And therefore, I don't, even if I achieve that thing, I don't see it as success. I don't, ex I don't embrace my success because I achieved it out of fear, not love. Ooh. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's speaking volumes to me because I'm like, yes, remember that time, Inga, when you did this and then that, then you felt like I need to prove myself that I can do it. But it's again that proving that speaks to a bit of exactly. fear. But I might disguise yeah. it as stepping out of my comfort zone from time to time. But I, yes. it creeps in. Exactly. And then the other thing is what you're saying over there is I have to prove myself. Mm then that is pride, right? Mm. And the opposite of pride is humility. So yes. if I am humble, I then invite others. I collaborate with other people. I invite others into the room because I am secure within myself. Mm. Make sense? Completely. So, I'm loving this. Yeah. So, so I think that this thing about imposter syndrome is there to not only rob us of our future, but also to rob us of our relationships. Mm. And that is why it's so important to have this conversation to create the awareness mm. and so that people can choose a different response. And Indeed. I have found ways to deal with it. Mm. I call them my seven, my seven steps. Tell us, Candice, <laughs> tell us what are the seven steps? Okay, so this is what I do. And I think mm. seven seven is representative of the perfect number. But guess what? That is so weird because we are not... We're not walking towards yeah. perfection. Yeah. <laughs> so ironic. We are walking towards progress. Progress, yeah. not perfection. Yes. Progress. I love it because my daughter says, Mommy, practice. Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice mm. makes progress. And I love that. I need to frame that. Well, I need to write that down yes. somewhere. Love See? it. So, Inga, what you said mm. was, um, it's, got, it's got so much to do with ego. And so... I do believe that it's important to set your ego straight, okay, and to to like put it in check. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you must you must get rid of your ego. In actual fact, it's probably impossible to get rid of ego because ego is part of who you are. Mm. <laughs> um, in my understanding of ego, I tell myself this on a daily basis. Either ego stands for edging God out or mm. exalting God only. Mm. And what I mean by that is, it's okay not to have it all together. So I know that there is somebody else that is superior to me, and that is fine. Yes. <laughs> so if you think about it, and it takes it back to that moment in the garden, mm. <laughs> I'm saying it's okay that I am who I am, and that you are who you are. Because if I get that in order, then it means that I don't have to be chasing my tail the whole time and put myself under a microscope the whole time. Mm. So the first thing in checking my ego is I meditate. Okay. So I do believe that I'm not a human being having a spiritual experience, but I'm a spirit being having a human experience. Mm. That's what I believe. Mm -hmm. And that's why I need to bring things into order. So when I meditate, I access my source of strength and I set it up. <laughs> so that's what I believe is put the first thing first, okay? Mm. Access my source of strength and set it up. That's what I do in the morning so that I can just get context. Mm. The second thing is I presence myself. 
So I realized that I'm not going to have everything under control. There's things that's in my control. Then there's other things in my areas of influence. Mm -hmm. Then there's other stuff outside of my influence and outside of my control. It makes no sense for me to be in that sphere at all. So bring it back to what I can control and what I can influence. Mm. Okay, so that's the second thing. Then the third thing is do whatever you do for purpose, not for proof. Love I'm going to say that again. So do it for purpose, not for proof. Because if I'm doing it for proof, I am going to be running around like a hamster on a wheel. Mm. But if I'm doing it for purpose, I know that I'm operating in the infinite game, as Simon Sinek says. Not the finite game, the infinite yes. game. This thing is bigger than me. So it's fine for me not to have it all together because someone else is going to carry it and I can empower others around me to carry it for me too. Mm. So do it for purpose, not for proof. Mm. Then the fourth thing is kick comparison to the curb. Yes. <laughs> because comparison is the opposite of peace. So I'm going to kick it to the curb because it robs me of my joy and my mm. peace. The fifth thing is develop a growth mindset. If I'm growing, then it means that I can fail and I can fail forward. It's fine. Mm. So I don't have to be so hard on myself. If I make a mistake, it's fine. I'm growing. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what you tell yourself. Then the sixth thing is just start, for goodness sake, just start. Yes. <laughs> Even if you start scrappy, just start. <laughs> do it like Nike, just do it. Hundred <laughs> percent. Love it this when the imposter my, just yeah. says, "Don't start," and you're like, "Okay, I'll I just know. sit on it." <laughs> yeah. Then the jabber monkey continues until the panic monster arrives. <laughs> you know, it's too late then. Yeah. <laughs> too late. And then the last one, the seventh thing, is. Appreciate others in the moment. Mm. It helps when you focus on allowing others to shine because it actually means that I'm okay within myself. Um, yeah. It shows humility, but at the same time, appreciation, um, appreciation helps us realize that we are surrounded by amazing people as well and that we don't have to live this life and do this journey on our own and then yeah and then I think that shuts up the imposter syndrome because you realize you don't actually have to have all the strengths in one basket that yes. the strengths are a symphony of everybody else around you mm. and that's something that I think is very important you know I think one of the things to, to take out of the um, is as, when you're a leader mm. you know how can you live with imposter syndrome? And I think that that very, that very thing, like if I'm a leader, I realize that I don't have to play the trombone in mm. order to be an excellent conductor. Yes. Allow, allow the trombone, the person who plays the trombone, to play the trombone. Mm. And the guitarist to play the guitar. And mm. all you do is you arrive in order to help everybody create that symphony together. Mm. And I think that that's the important thing for a leader to remember, that they don't have to have it all together <laughs> in their own mind. <laughs> you know, you don't have to carry all the strengths. 
Yes, I love that. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. Play, yeah, play to your strengths. And when you're in the room, which resonated with me out of all the seven steps, was actually do it with purpose and not with proof or, or mm. a point or coming from a point of I need to prove myself. I mean, you're in the position, yeah. you're at the table for a reason. People believe you already. So just whatever Absolutely. comes out of your mouth or your actions, make sure it's underlined by the purpose or your in, true intention of what you're wanting to achieve. Mm. Yeah, this has been such Absolutely. an amazing talk. Just around, because it's, it's really for myself, put together just around. I've never thought about imposter syndrome as a means of I'm actually wanting to prove myself in a setting. Mm. And now that you've said that, I can see why when I've imposter syndrome has especially come in my career or my journey and it's shown up, it's because at that moment I wanted to prove something instead of saying I'm sitting in the room with purpose and mm. this is my intent. And, and I love what you said about the growth mindset. I think that takes a lot of the ego away, like you said. Because yep. <laughs> if you're sitting in the room with just, the, with just I want to learn from everybody in the room and from myself and on my own journey, then it's not about am I going to be wrong or am I going to be perceived as whatever. That, yeah, it, it just changes the whole dynamic of how you show up mm. and, and own your space instead of, wondering how am I being perceived by others because now I know my value this was groundbreaking mm. stuff for me Candice <laughs> like, honestly and, and it really is it really is groundbreaking stuff but it becomes groundbreaking stuff when you start to see how things shift when you do things in a different way when you when you replace your fear with love Yes, when you um, replace the pride with humility mm. and, and all of that, you know, it comes with surrender, mm. really, because there's nothing to, if you think about yourself and, and having walked a journey of having to prove, having to prove, imagine someone were to say, just, just lay it all down, yes. just surrender, because you are you for a reason. Mm. I mean, wow, hey, what a, what a gift. And I think that sometimes what happens when, when somebody's been carrying something for so long and they attach so much to this weight that they've been carrying, yep. when they surrender and they let it down, there's also this thing that says, just pick it up again. Because mm. can it really be? And um, I would like to just encourage every listener that, you know, surrender is, it, it sounds like something so simple but I can tell you that it will absolutely take you to new heights. Mm. If you think about an eagle, you know, an eagle never flaps. Yeah. The eagle works with the thermals in the sky. And when it needs to go higher beyond a storm, all it does is it puts its wings out far and it just allows the thermals to take it higher. Mm. And I think I that when we, when we think about what does it take to actually get beyond this feeling of me being an imposter in my own body, stop flapping, start soaring. That was awesome. That, mm. that yeah, that, that was, yeah, I loved what you said because that's so true around we're fighting something, <laughs> right? Yeah. Instead of just, yeah, we're fighting, <laughs> just surrendering and being ourselves. 
But I guess my last, possibly one of my last questions to you, Candice, is actually just what shifted for you when you also went through a journey of surrendering. What shifted for you in terms of your leadership, in terms of your career journey, in terms of your profession? What could you feel, I guess, within yourself or your surroundings that you were like, oh, okay, it clicked, it it made sense, and you saw how things shifted around you? Mm. Wow, you know what? Um, It's almost like when you ask somebody, at what point did you feel that you had fallen in love with somebody? Mm, (laughs) There's many different points as opposed to one moment. Mm. I think that being within learning and development, for example, when I was very new in learning and development, I felt like I needed to be that person with all the answers. Mm. And a very wise uh, mentor of mine said to me, just decide what you want to be. Do you want to be the sage on the stage or do you want to be the guide by the side? And then I said, well, what if I want to be both? (laughs) She said, okay, fine. But then... (laughs) If you're going to be that guide by the side as a facilitator, the less you know and the more curious you are, the better your outcome is going to be in facilitation. Mm. And I tried that. I went in not knowing much about the subject matter so that the focus could be on the the people in the room. And every single time, it was over and above my expectation Um, Mm. in terms of the delivery, especially at at a strategic level, because I realized that by not taking myself so seriously, like I needed to have all the answers and stepping back and allowing other people to shine, Mm. the, I say, um, synergy is always going to be more than energy because the synergy is the combination of everybody together. And I found that, And I think that this was the point I was trying to make is as my journey continued and I had realized this point, I saw it in everything. It went Mm -hmm. from the training room or the facilitation room into leadership, into teams. And I just saw that same concept happen. And then I realized something, which I also picked up from um, Partners for Possibility, is that leadership is the art of convening. And I'll say that again, leadership is the art of convening. It's coming into the space and allowing all of the voices to be heard Mm. and trying to to kind of weave them together in a way that made sense. And if I wanted to get my own agenda forward, and if I wanted to make that more important than anything else because Mm. of the struggles that I sat with, then it would mean I would never get out to the best outcome because I let myself get in the way. Make sense? 100%. And I'm sure it must have been so freeing. It it comes back to like your point way in the beginning around you can't shove the imposter to the side. You have to acknowledge it or else you're actually just shifting the blame. You're not actually taking ownership, responsibility and accountability for that you have the Mm. wisdom and the strength and the power and the boldness to be like, oh, mm. I'm, I am standing in the way of my own greatness. Um, yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah. that is something, though. And yeah. isn't that just such a, a moment that just dawns on you at mm. that point? It just dawns on you, yeah. And I really do hope um, and, and pray that whoever listens to this, mm. um, that they're able to, as you're saying, you don't have to, to knock your head <laughs> mm. for you to, to get it. 
And unfortunately, as human beings, we sometimes do do that. They yes. say information stays information until it becomes revelation. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's true. It's all the aha moments, right, that I've actually yes. been having throughout this conversation. <laughs> but, oh, oh, no, another one and another one. <laughs> yeah, oh, but such a but I think this is a, a great segue maybe into the last segment of the show, Candice. So at Hobol Story, we're always interested to know which phenomenal woman are you watching or or you have in your circle. So my question is really mm. which woman would you want at your dinner table and why? Oh goodness. <laughs> Well, I would probably have like a whole party. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want one, and, right? <laughs> and I'm telling you, so I'm not going to, to mention all the friends and all the family members. Mm-hmm. Because that goes without saying. <laughs> but I think that the woman that I would really love to have at my table would definitely be Maya Angelou mm. for her wisdom. And I think also because her journey was one that I can truly relate to. And it's it's something that, I mean, yeah, just, just the fact that I could spend time basking in her wisdom, I think that I would definitely want her at mm. my table. I would also want to have, she's, yeah, I think more than a, a friend or family member, it's Vanessa Fortune. Mm. Um, she's my cousin, but I think also because of her bravery, I think that she she lives without limits, and so I would definitely want her there oh, um, to celebrate her. And then also there's a lady by the name of Charlotte Gamble, and she is truly brilliant in the way in which she communicates, especially embracing who she is as a woman. She communicates with creativity and with such power. But I think it's also because she takes the things that make her vulnerable and mm-hmm. she truly puts it on display in the most magnificent way. So I think those are the those are the three. And I think I would also put my mom at my table because of her hospitality, her caring spirit, and also her joyful laughter. Oh. So I think that those are the ladies I would have at my table. Oh, that's so beautiful. Also, your mom's joyful laughter. I feel like you must have inherited that one. Because you have a lovely oh, laughter. Yes. Yeah. I, I like, think I get that actually from my, from my grandmother, oh. Amy Volga. <laughs> <laughs> she, I, I got a lot of, of her characteristics as well. She'll probably be at my table as well. Um, <laughs> Amy Volbrich, she, up until into her 80s, she was still serving um, on, on boards. So she's, she's like a real kind of person in the community that really yes. makes... It's like she lives a life to the absolute fullness mm. of, of everything that she was purposed for. Mm. So, yes, she says something. She says, what's in you, in comes out, you out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I guess and for imposter syndrome, right? If it's in yes, you, exactly. it's going to come out. Then it will come out. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so definitely Amy Valbrich will be at my table too. <laughs> With that question, it just shows that as women, we are always about other women. And it's nice to share a table with other leading ladies that are strong, supportive, and also bring out the best in us. Um, Absolutely. But Candice, I want to say thank you 
for sharing your story and holding the space with her bold story. I have enjoyed this interview thoroughly and I'm so thankful mm. that you've come on board, you've shared your story and I'm very thankful to know you also. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity. I really, really appreciate you and I appreciate this platform that you've created. I feel very proud of you. <laughs> and it's really awesome that um, I get to know someone like you. <laughs> Likewise. No, completely back at your woman. <laughs> For listeners, you can reach Candice on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I'll pop all the handles on the site. And do feel free to leave your comments down below. We'd love to hear how imposter syndrome has shown up in your life and how you're boldly stepping into your own space with humility and love. Thank you for listening to Her Bold Story. And remember, be bold, be brave, be inspired. Thanks for listening to Her Bold Story. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I did. And remember, we release a new episode on the 8th of every month. So don't forget to subscribe via Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and many more. You don't want to miss out. Her Bold Story in proud association with 168FM.